and welcome to Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, your source for the straight poop on all things supernatural. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you can call me Shibby. And I'm Ethan Sereski. And ain't nothing gonna break my stride. Nobody gonna slow me down. Oh, oh no. no. I got to keep on. Um, come on, Chibble. Ain't Broken glass break everywhere. My stride. Ain't nobody. You don't want to join? Oh, I, I was. I thought you were doing it. Broken glass everywhere. People pissing no. on stage. You know, they just don't care. Oh, can't take the good. smell. I can't take the noise. Got no money to move on. I guess I got no choice. You were going with the middle version before Puff Daddy and after Matthew Wilder. Yeah, going for the the uh, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Yeah, I was going Matthew Wilder. Okay, well, it's a matchup. <laughs> Very good. Okay, so uh, as always, on an episode of Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, mm-hmm. well, which this is, uh, one of us, Shibble this week, has done extensive, just crazy research. On a ghost, a ghoul, a goblin, a demon, something of that ilk. And this week, it's the Tote Road Shagamaw. Yes, the Tote Road Shagamaw. What a and, fun word to say. And the other of us, uh, me, uh, Ethan, has done absolutely no research. I really just heard about this Tote Road Shagamaw last night. And mm-hmm. all I know is that it is from Maine. Yes, <laughs> Maine. <laughs> Exciting cryptid homeland. The deepest, darkest heart of New England. As <laughs> New England as it gets. Maine. The heart of darkness, as I've always thought of it. Yes. But now, you, you're you not familiar with the Tote Road Shagamaw, though you and I are both proud New Englanders. Shibble, no one is familiar with the Tote Road Shagamaw. <laughs> well, except perhaps... No one who has lived to tell the tale. Oh, what, good point. What are you now? But if I say to you, Tote Road Shagamaw, <laughs> and you close your eyes in your mind's eye, in your mind palace, what do you think the Tote Road Shagamaw is? Well, Clarice, in my mind palace, there's some, didn't he do something like that in that movie? Mention his mind palace? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the mind palace is a... a construct of pop psychology was after silence of the lambs no he was like he was like they keep me in this little box but then i go in my brain and i'm in a palace and there are files everywhere yeah who knows it's 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 been too long since i've seen silence of the lambs it's always been too long even if you just saw it it's such a good movie yeah fantastic so i've got some theories on what i think this tote road shagamaw from maine is thank god i was worried you were gonna have one theory I'm yeah, gonna, no, do, no. do you have do you have two theories? I have seven. I'm just joking. I saw your face. I saw your. All right. Theory number one. All right. The Tote Road Shagamaw is a bearded lady from Maine. Mm. Now she lives on Tote Road, and her yeah. name is Gwendolyn, but no one calls her Gwen. Uh, her last name uh, was bestowed upon her by mean-spirited Maine residents who said she had a shaggy or hairy. Maw or mouth. Okay. Gwendolyn Fieri became the Tote Road Shaggy Maw. All right. Or she could also be just like Maw. Like, oh, that's that's our Shaggy Maw over there. Like she's just a hairy mother figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole town loves her. Like the Blair Witch. Yeah, except uh, nice and bearded. 
We don't know that the Blair Witch isn't nice. We have no proof to the uh, contrary. It's true. She was just rumored to have killed many people. Right. And those are just movies. Theory number two. The Tote Road Shagamaw is a male porn star because that name lends itself to such work. You can picture on set like, hi, I'm Nevea. Like, we're doing a scene. What's your name? And he's like, Tote Road Shagamaw. Yeah, not not a bad porn name. But once again this week, I have not chosen a pornographic actor to be the subject of our cryptid podcast. Are there any other cryptids that would have fun porn names or no? Uh, oh, geez. Let me see if I can pull Star up a Jelly. bracket. <laughs> yeah, Star Jelly obviously would be a great one. Uh, uh, probably uh, Popo Bawa, not bad. That's pretty good. The Beast of Gavidon. Oh, that's a great porn name. Yeah. Even, How is that not taken? Yeah, yeah. Or uh, Pishtaka. <laughs> <laughs> That's your porn name. That's awesome. So, uh, any more theories? Yes. Theory number three, and this one's serious, so let's get serious. Serious, okay. That means it's about a mustachioed postman? No. Okay. What? I'm serious. The Tote Road Shagamaw is a mustachioed postman from Kansas wearing mm. a wetsuit under his uniform. Mm-hmm. He drives his delivery van to Maine to peep in the windows of overdressed women, but only ones who have just rewatched an episode of The Office from the period after Steve Carell left. Oh, okay. So like the Robert California season. Yeah, or the Andy Aaron, you know, that whole black hole of a storyline. Yeah, but boy, I got to tell you, Robert California was a great character. He, he was a re- silver lining to Michael leaving. He wasn't a great character. I, I thought he was definitely the funniest addition to the cast after Michael left. Yes. Well, yeah, no, I'll give you uh, that. Certainly yeah. that. But, but you know, what were the other additions like, to the cast? Yeah, it's true. But, yeah, he was better than Kathy Andy? Bates. Uh, Andy? Yeah. Andy sucks. He's my yeah. least. I, I, Ed Helms is extremely talented, but he, he was awful on The Office to me. What's your final theory? Are we lagging? This is my real answer, and it's the right one. Not even a guess. The Tote Road Shagamaw is a monstrous cryptid that haunts the rural roadways of Maine. It's immortal, superhumanly strong, glowing red eyes, sustains itself on human blood. It has a hairy face centered on a giant mouth, like like the pit of Sarlacc in Star Wars. You know, that, okay, you know, like a giant face. leech face. Re- leech face, exactly. It's mostly mouth and teeth. Um, and that's how I picture it. The, uh, Tote Road Shagamaw. God, I like that a lot. Dead wrong. Oh, were any of them right? (laughs) Actually, the one about the postman. Um. (laughs) With the wetsuit on? (laughs) Yes, that definitely, you'll be surprised how clearly, uh, that, that becomes obvious when, uh, we get to story time. Oh, well, you know how I learned best, Shevel. I know you learn best from narrative fiction. That's absolutely right. Do you have a little narrative fiction with my name on it? I sure do, because it's story time. It's story time. Story time. Story time with Uncle Monster. Story time! Story time. Story time. It's story time with Uncle Monster. Story Story time! time. And her blood-filled screams echoed through the halls of the abandoned Pillow Factory for all eternity. The end? Question mark? You hit save on the document. Another Alan Monarch horror masterpiece in the bag. It, 
It took you about two months to finish 600 pages of The Kingdom of Severed Fingers. (laughs) But you told your publisher it would be worth the wait. It's about a horror writer that lives in Maine named Nathan President. Who has to to navigate a world where cosmic radiation brought all the knives to life. (laughs) And now they're mad. You're in talks to have Andy Samberg play Nathan President in his (laughs) dramatic debut. But that's an issue for another day. Tonight we celebrate. You had a bottle of Prosecco on ice. And as is your tradition, you're going to empty it down your own throat in a canoe. You grab the bottle and your parka and head out into the night sky. Freshly fallen snow muffles all noise, but the clouds have cleared, letting the full moon shine over your entire estate. The snow almost glows, it's so bright, and the eerie silence reminds you of an alien world. Not unlike the alien world of your short story, the murder man from beyond Alpha Centauri. As you approach the pond, you pop the bottle. You watch the cork plop to the ground next to a pair of deer tracks. They sit deep and clean in the snow. They're fresh. They're also huge. You'd love to shoot a deer like this. Shoot a picture of it, that is. <laughs> Traditions be damned, you pull your cell phone out of your pocket and take a swig of that bubbly stuff and trudge out after this mother. You're pretty sure you wrote a story with a giant deer once, only in your version it turned out to be a ghost from another dimension that survived on a steady diet of human faces. Might have been called Lorelei's First Funeral? Something like that. In any case, you follow the tracks along the old logging trail. Your property extends across several adjacent former tree farms, which you purchased and consolidated. Uh, you can still, uh, you still know the dividing lines. And what's strange is that the tracks stop dead right at the border of the Mackinac farm and the Plantagenet farm. Stranger still, Just a few feet in front of those is a fresh pair of bear tracks. Hmm. You would guess your deer had a run-in with a bear, but there's no blood, no sign of struggle. Just bear tracks. (laughs) Emboldened by your now empty bottle of Prosecco, you press on. Pressano. Is is there something there? Probably not. (laughs) But you dictate the wordplay into your phone. A writer never knows which ideas will be the ones they'll need. You shouldn't have spoken it out loud, though, as you seem to have startled your Quarty, who was closer than you thought. At first, you hear a great rumbling in the brush. Emerging from a thicket is a beast the likes of which you had never seen. A massive grizzly bear, but with the hind legs of a deer, and antlers sharp as punji sticks. It snorts at you. You quickly, instinctively take a picture, but your flash startles it. It runs off in the opposite direction, curiously walking only on its front paws. (laughs) You check the picture, but the glare from the snow makes it unrecognizable. No one would ever believe you, Alan Monarch. No one would believe 
that you saw the Tote Road Shackamaw. Very good. Thank you. Thank that you. was really good. That's how you do a story time. I'm trying, baby. And if you guys want to go back and hear an episode that's better now without my story time, we've just made that change. <laughs> yes, we did just recut our episode uh, 306. When I say I love you, you say you preda. <laughs> and uh, fans, go back and take another look. Yeah, it's good now. Uh, so, what did you think of the Tote Road Shagamaw? I think, okay, my favorite thing about it is that it's got deer legs, right? Deer hind legs. Right, deer hind legs. And then it's a bear everywhere else. Except it also has antlers. Right, right, of course. But the, those are accessories. But why does it run on its front paws? So, it so will... Does it have bear paws? It has bear paws on the front, deer hooves in the back. But it runs doing a handstand as a bear. Sometimes it does that. Sometimes it walks on its hind legs as a deer, and it does this to throw off trackers. <laughs> so ridiculous. Like, like, like trackers don't track bear and deer? They'll get confused. That's the theory. Oh, okay. That's unless, the Unless theory. someone's just hunting in general. Yeah, unless they don't care what they're looking for. But obviously, if you're a professional hunter, you know what you're ready for and you know what you can find. And... Yeah, most people in this country with ARs are professional hunters, so yeah. Well, yeah, it's true. The Tote Road Shagamoff might be extinct. I mean, <laughs> that might be why we don't hear about stories about it anymore because its evasive tactics might not be particularly effective. I would love to see a bear walk on its hands. I wonder if oh, those Russian circus bears could do that. Let's just Google really quick, uh, see if we can YouTube bear handstand. Oh, and in the meantime, I can try and sing another song. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, let me try to think of a good song. Um... Ain't no sunshine when she's... I always sing that one. I'm going to try true. a different one. Uh, I, I just love that song so much. Um, I can't think of a song to sing. That's my creativity level. I can't think of a song. Here we go. Grizzly Bear Handstand. Yeah, I was just playing my uh, Cabela game on the PS2, and I shot this grizzly bear. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. That's a video game. Okay. For All right. Guys, yeah, I don't think my, grizzly bears can actually do handstands. I don't think they can, but I'm going to sing, just briefly. Okay. For anything that came between us, you were like my best friend. The one I used to run and talk to when me and my girl were having problems. You used to say it'd be okay and suggest little nice things that I should do. But when I go home and I'd lay my head down, all I seemed to think about was you. Was that better? That was great. Better. Was it that better? Was be that was definitely better. Okay, thank you. All right. So. Would you like some The Macroverse Presents Stephen King facts? The Macroverse Presents. <laughs> the Macroverse Presents Stephen King facts. I love this one. This is not a fact, but it's a quote. And I, I have it on. I know it's corny, but I have it on the desktop of my computer. Uh, Stephen King said this. You can, you should, and if you're brave enough, you will. All right. 
I just think that's I like that. Yeah, yeah, great Stephen King. Okay, so number two, not every Stephen King book is a Stephen King book. He published several novels under the pen name what, Shibble? Oh, I I don't know. Richard Bachman. Oh, okay, yeah, that sounds familiar. He wanted to get, yeah, uh, I read Regulators, I think was a Richard Bachman. Uh, He wanted to get around the then standard one book per year because he's like a crazy writer. So uh, he published four books as Bachman before Thinner, uh, which was also a Bachman book. And then people became suspicious that it was actually Stephen King. And then he was outed as Stephen King, and he announced that Richard Bachman had died of cancer of the pseudonym. Ah, R.I.P. Richard Bachman. Uh, Number three, if not for Tabitha King, Stephen's first book would have been gone forever. Mm. The novel Carrie almost never existed. According to his memoir, King threw the first draft of the story in the trash. His Mm. wife found it, Tabitha, read it, and saw potential in the story. King gave it another chance, and eventually Doubleday bought the rights. Oh, there you go. The wind beneath your wings. And number four, a quick one. Did you know that Stephen King is fucking 6'4"? Yeah, he's a big dude. I had no idea he doesn't come across as a big dude. No, but if you see him, like, when he does a cameo in some of his movies, if you see him, like, what's strange is he's almost always by himself in all these cameos. That's why I've never noticed it, I think. Yeah. Uh... And yeah, the reason why we went for Stephen King facts this week is because the Totoro Chagamal is a native to Maine, and I did have Alan Monarch, the Stephen King pastiche in my story. And Maine is Stephen King country. Come on. I mean, that's enough right there. I mean, I'm sure Alan Alan Lordship was definitely, I'm sure we all got that. (laughs) Yeah. And by the way, when you said in the story, um, does that work? Should I write that down? What was that? What was the joke that he was working Uh, on? You uh, down uh, Prosecco. Now it's time to press on. Prosano? Is, is, did you think in your head for a second, is there something there before you wrote that down? <laughs> no, I I must have because then I yeah. decided that's the thing that's there. Yes. What I need to do is there is there something there, Jim? I Yeah, that's awesome. I, I like that that's how your mind worked. Okay, very good. Those are Stephen King Macroverse facts, and now I'd like to learn a little bit more about this Shagamaw. All right, so the Toad Road Shagamaw, or its Latin name, the Bipedister Delusimus, <laughs> uh, is a type of chimera. It is a half bear and half deer. It's found in Maine and a little bit in eastern Canada. It doesn't seem 50-50, but you say half and half. Yeah, I mean, maybe the hind legs and the, the like, the haunches and the tail are all deer. Like, maybe from it's actually, like, from the hips down, that would okay. be deer. And I think that would also, because I'm going to account for it having, this will come up later in Fight Night, it's sort of physiognomy. Uh, but yeah, so the rear is deer, the torso and front legs and head are bear, but it also has deer antlers. Uh and it is said to have the curious habit of walking on front legs and back legs alternatively in order to throw off trackers. Uh, in a bizarre quirk of nature, they are said to walk exactly 440 steps before <laughs> switching to each set. That's a quirk of nature? Nature, or maybe this is not a natural creature. That's going to come up. I want to discuss theories a little bit later. Okay. Uh, but... 
Is this a natural creature? Is this a supernatural creature? Are we talking cryptid or are we talking monster? The age-old debate. Also, could it be the first cryptid with OCD? Could be. Uh, it might have a very particular form of neurodivergence that requires it to switch between front and back legs every 440 feet. But there's a little bit more to that 440 feet detail. Oh, excuse me. No, it's okay. Just to, to help. Oh, no, I meant it seriously. I wasn't yeah. saying like, oh, I meant like, excuse me, let me hear. Uh, it. Uh, let me see where I put it in my notes. Okay. Um, so uh, it is said to have developed its unique 440-step habit from observing surveyors and lumberjacks. A standard plot for a lumberjack would be that they would get when they would like buy a plot of land to farm would be a 40-acre plot. Now, these edges of these plots would be denoted by the surveyor selecting specific trees, which would be called witness trees. And the uh, Shagamoa specifically would switch tracks by these witness trees, which would all be 440 steps apart because they'd be of standardized size. Oh, that's it. Okay. So, okay. So, it may not be uh, neurodivergence. It could just be... That's where that's where the next house was, and they wanted to switch up the track. Yes, and they're said uh, the the part of the name Tote Road uh, is refers to the old tote roads that uh, lumberjacks would drag trees on to their camps or whatever. Did you look up if if the word Tote Road was actually not what we thought it was, like Tote Road, if it had a Native American translation? No, no, that's just straight. The etymology of that one's English. Okay, Shagamaw, Shagamaw has no sh- uh, etymology. It appears that was to why just, I was getting there because I was wondering yeah. if that was. No, no, Shagamaw just appears to be the word Shagamaw. Okay. Um. So let's see. Now the Shagamaw was first described by lumberjacks and trappers in the main area, uh, where the uh, tracks would be made on these tote roads, which would normally be made by sleds. That's how these roads would form. And that's why they'd be called tote roads instead of just roads. Why not sled roads? Uh, Maybe they called them totes instead of sleds. But (laughs) you and I would call them sleds. We would call them sleds and sled roads. Yes. Or toboggan ave, I would call it. Yeah, I might. uh, Yeah. Slay place. You're nailing it with these sleds. No, I'm waiting for you. I thought you had another one. No, for- no. I keep on trying to think of one, and you're crushing it <laughs> in terms of the thesaurus this week. <laughs> You'd think being Jewish, I'd have the disadvantage in the. Uh, yeah, Christmas you don't spirit. have that in your winter iconography. That's right. Boy. Santa's car? That's nothing. <laughs> I can't do anything I count with that. that. I count that. <laughs> Santa's Car Court. Boulevard. Uh, oh. <laughs> so the trappers would follow the tracks for a deer, being like, oh yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to go catch a deer. Only to then find these tracks become bear tracks and be like, oh shit, I can't take down a bear. Bear's too big. Uh, this led to a lot of fights between trappers as to whether there were deer or bear in the area <laughs> and the right way that they should be handling tracking these creatures. Like, you're not going to be able to get your buddy to come hunt with you the way you might need a two-man hunt for a grizzly bear if he just sees deer tracks. You'd be like, what do you need me to help you come fucking shoot a deer? Go handle the deer yourself. It's not worth half a deer. That's what I'm going to get for my day's pay. No, thanks. I think that if you want to hunt deer in America these days, you should have to do it barehanded. 
That's fair. I will say I know a dude at work who hunts, and he made the one compelling deer hunting argument to me, which was he will kill one deer a season, and that will give him meat for six months. All right, that's, he saves go, go so ahead. much. Yeah, go ahead. And that I'm to me, fine yeah. with that. God bless. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Go ahead. Uh, so eventually, though, people started to catch sight. Like eventually, somebody tracked it long enough where they could see it, and they'd uh, be like, "Oh, that explains all the deer bear we've confusion we've been having in the area lately." It's a breer. Yeah, it's a dare. Yeah, that explains it. No, I can't call it either of those. I'm just going to call it a shagamole. Yes, a that makes road. more sense. Yeah, because <laughs> breer and dare, that's nothing. That's nothing. I need a new word. <laughs> it's a say, sleigh av breer. That's the old Santa car mugger. <laughs> uh, so there are sort of three main sources uh, about the Tote Road Shagamaw in print. Uh, I consulted these in my research. Any cops? Uh, no, no cops. These are all uh, uh, experts. Law-abiding citizens? <laughs> no, yeah, these are all people who will most likely not kill you. Uh, first, we've got Mystical Creatures of the USA and Canada by Walker D. Wayman. Oh, you can read about the Tote Road Shagamaw in there. Good source. Uh, you can find, obviously, in... William T. Cox's classic Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods. Isn't that and, Harry Potter? Isn't that a Harry Potter movie? Uh, no, you're thinking of something Creatures and Where to Find Them? Yes, yes. Yeah. Sorry. It's all right. I hear the last one of those really tanked. Because I didn't every- watch. I love Harry Potter. I didn't see one of those. Yeah, like, who fucking cares? I get it. Yeah, I, get it. I, I saw the Harry Potter movies. The, the story's over. Yeah, I don't need to know about when Harry Potter's dad was in the Wizard Secret Service or whatever the fuck he was doing. Is that what, what it is? I don't know. I know that... Did you ever hear about the play that she wrote that was like the sequel yes, to Harry I Potter? Yes, I read it. I read... It's, and, it's Harry, Harry Potter's kid. Yeah, and Harry Potter's like a cop now? Yeah, he works for the Ministry of Magic. I read, I read it. My mom got it for me when it came out because I love Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. It is really funny that he grew up to become a cop, though. <laughs> he was not a cop. Well, I guess he is. Yeah, he's a cop. He's a wizard cop. Uh, so, and my final source uh, is an updated version of Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods written by friend of the show, Hal Johnson. Uh, How is he, he a friend of the show? I play Dungeons and Dragons with him on oh. a regular basis. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I just didn't, I wasn't aware of him. I'm, I'd like to be friends with him as well. Well, and I was thinking, I wanted to talk to him about maybe getting him on the show as a guy who has written a book about cryptids. Uh, it, it makes sense. I mean, as you explained it, it certainly does make sense. Yes, he, I think he would be a natural. So I'll, I'll run it by him. But also because he's my dungeon master, he's a cuts an imposing figure. You know, I understand it. It must be very hard to go up to your dungeon master and ask, and ask a favor. And ask him, yes, you come to me on the day of Dungeons and Dragons, and you ask me for this. <laughs> um, May your first child be a masculine child, dungeon master. Uh, but yeah, great guy. Uh, you might tell, have met him at my wedding. Well, tell him I'm not one of his dungeon people, so I ask him. So he, oh. you know, he can look at me as an equal. We'll ask him. Yeah. Okay, uh, we can do that. No, yeah, no, it's. Oh, fine. and by the way, I'm still working on Takuya as a guest, and we all know who he is. 
Yes, obviously, Takuya. And, or uh, Jordi the Rapping Baby. Oh, yes, also Jordi. Yes. So, uh, now, for a creature of such an imposing build, the Shagmaw is said to be quite timid. Oh. Uh, which sort of makes sense because its defining behavioral characteristic it's is hiding. evasive. Yeah. Um, and perhaps that leads you to me to wonder, maybe it has the deer's brain. It doesn't seem to have the bear's aggression, so I mean that's as good a theory as any so far. Yeah, it might it might have that sort of prey animal brainstem that gives it a flight instead of fight instinct. So it's a bear with a prey animal brainstem. How, yes. use, how useful! Yeah, I bet it would make a wonderful pet. Well, they should have a cryptid shark with a prey animal brainstem. Uh, boy, yeah, that would be great. And it hid, and it, like, camouflaged in. Yeah, and it, it could be like one of those little, little sand sharks, yeah. you know, so it's not too big and scary. Oh, I, well, no, I want a huge scary one with octopus tentacles that has a prey brain. Okay. Well, I'll yeah. make one up for next episode. Sounds good. Uh, so back to uh, what I was saying before about the uh, witness trees. Right. Uh, part of the reason why people think that it switches at these areas was that it would notice that the lumberjacks typically wouldn't go past those trees because they wouldn't have reason to leave the borders of their own property. They'd spend all day cutting down their own trees. And so it would think, like, here's a good place to switch. The same way, like, if you were to kill somebody, you'd want to drop their body at the border of two police precincts because... Then they'd spend half the day arguing. issues, right. Yeah. Be like, oh, no, it's your job. You investigate it. And nobody ever goes out to the border because they're like, oh, i got to stay in the center. That's where all the action is. I wonder what percentage of our audience thinks you are a serial killer at this point. What I mean, I'm going to say we've... You've admitted it. I've admitted that I have been voted most likely to be a serial killer in my rap group and probably also in the podcast. (laughs) Ha! We don't know that. Don't put yourself... Well, I, I guess give yourself that credit yet. We we don't know that. We haven't had a proper poll. And, although you did just say exactly how you would dispose of a body, and it made sense. I mean, that's just something I got from, I want to say, either Law & Order or The Wire. Oh, okay. Um, all right. So, uh, that ends a lot of my uh, research, but I want to talk about strength. Would you like facts before this transition, or would you like to go straight to strength? No, let's let's hit some, uh... The Macroverse presents Stephen King facts. What is the Macroverse? It's Stephen King's whole universe takes place Uh, in the Macroverse. Okay. And God is a turtle. Okay, I buy that. it, It is like an evil entity that's rivals with the turtle. Okay. He's, he's super powerful in the macroverse. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, the Dark Tower all fits in within that. Okay, number five. Guinness has certified that with 34 movies based on his stories, Stephen King has the most film adaptations of any author. Wow. And Good you, for you, Stephen. What do you think was the highest grossing film based off of Stephen King work? Um, Theatrically? It's easy. Come on. Think about it. Yeah, I might be overthinking it. Firestarter? It. You it. are. I've never heard such a ridiculous answer in my life. 
Drew Barrymore as the star. <laughs> oh wait, no, Shawshank Redemption. Shaw- well, that would have been a good guess, but uh, no, it because it's had all that hype and recently came. Oh, out. oh yeah, I forget about the new it. Yeah, because I, I, I first I thought it, and I was like, no, that was a TV movie. Yeah, that didn't make any money. Yeah, uh, this one uh, did three hundred and twenty-seven million mm. at the box office. The new it. Uh, number Whoa. six, Stephen King hates the movie The Shining. Yeah, because you know it that? wasn't. Uh, yeah, it wasn't faithful enough to his book. Uh, he, it, he said the character Jack Torrance has no arc in that movie, no arc at all. When we first see Jack Nicholson, he's in the office of Mister Ullman, and you know, then he's crazy as a shit house rat, and all he does is get crazier. In the book, he's a guy who's struggling with his sanity and finally loses it. To me, that's a tragedy. In the movie, there's no tragedy because there's no real change. That's fair. That's a legitimate critique. Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't. I don't. That doesn't sound like. Oh, it's my book, and you messed up my movie. It sounds like he has a real gripe. Yeah, it, it, he he definitely Kubrick definitely changed it to a different story. The Lurker in the Shadows by H. P. Lovecraft and Lovecraft. Lo- yeah. Lo- that's a. That's what we call you because he's so racist. Yeah. Oh, is he? Oh. Do your really quick. You're not gonna want to say it out loud, but you're gonna want to Google H.P. Lovecraft's cat's name. Cat's name. Yeah. The name of the cat seemed to be a dark breed of rag dog. Oh no. Oh yeah. no. That yeah. was the name of his actual cat. Yeah. So you can tell he wasn't just like racist. Because he's from the past. He's also, like, even racist for them. No, he... Oh, that changes my whole perception of H.P. Lovecraft. He is no longer horror guy that I don't know much about, but is well-celebrated, so I have some sort of fake respect for him. Now he's just racist like Ty Cobb is. Like, yeah, you know, like famous like, and, more importantly, big racist. But yeah, big racist now, number one. Great horror writer number two. All right. Well, he inspired Stephen King to write, but it doesn't matter because he would have been inspired anyway, and he's just a racist. That's facts number seven. Back to you, Chips. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about how strong the... <laughs> I'm really glad I got you to Google H.P. Lovecraft's cat. Um, well, the name of his cat is the worst name for a cat. I Well... Yeah, listeners, if you're not driving right now, and if you don't know, go Google H.P. Lovecraft's cat name. Well, trigger, you know what? I've never yeah. done this before, but trigger warning, it's, yeah, it's racist viciously racist and bigoted. It's, and if you don't like those kind of words, don't do that. Yes, but if you want to have an open eye towards history, it is the one that you were really hoping that it's not going to be. It's that one. No, but it's worse. <laughs> yeah, but also somehow worse. Yeah, and and it's funny how he does it, it too. It's, it's funny how bad it is. Yeah, it's funny, exactly. Like, like if you wanted to think of a racist name for a guy to have his cat named, and first, why would you give your cat a racist name? Like, couldn't, you could have just been like, "That's Jerry," and it would have been fine. Yeah, you could just be like, "That's Jerry. He he hates black people," and and yeah. that that would get it across. Get him a little Confederate flag bandana, or just and, a collar. A Confederate flag collar would be fine. Yeah, and everyone be like, oh, okay, that's a racist cat. You don't have to also give it that horrible name. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm Jewish, so... No, I'm not even going to... No, there's no, no reason anyway, to go you, into this. No, you get the idea. Yeah. Back back to the Toad Road Shagamore. Yeah. 
so let's talk about how strong this bad boy is. How let's strong talk is about he? Gris- so, let's say he's got, he, based on our descriptions of his size, he seems to be about the size of a grizzly bear. So, if we got front arms and a bite of a grizzly bear, a front uh, bear can lift roughly 700 pounds and has a bite that is stronger than a lion's but weaker than a tiger's. Great. That puts it in uh, good context because I don't know how, how strong either of those bite. I mean, I can look up the PSI. No, no. I'll just picture it. It's fine. Yeah, the audience when, will picture it too. <laughs> yeah, we can all imagine. It would hurt to get bitten by either. Yes. It is, it is up in that range. It's not like getting bit by a dog. It's like getting fucked up. Yeah. Uh, so a male adult deer... Normally, we'll weigh somewhere in, like, the 150-pound range. Uh, but this creature is going to be weighing about 1,000 pounds, as uh, my guess. Uh, so, it's going to have, proportionally, its legs are going to be about yeah, six times as strong. Uh, so, this thing is going to be able to kick in a fucking car door. It is going to be able to destroy you with its legs. But it has deer legs. The deer deer legs are crazy powerful. But wait, so are they just the style of deer legs, but they're hugely muscular to be able to keep the the bear upright? Yes. Okay, so they they just look like deer legs. They're not skinny little deer regular deer no. legs. No, they're proportional to the to the oh, bear. Oh, so he could yeah, he could kick a barn door open. Yeah, he's going to be a beast with those kicks. And also, if he has that kind of power behind it, if he charges you with those antlers, they are going to tear through you like a piece of paper. How fast saw, does he move? It's more speed than the, the, than the power of his legs, I would think, because he's not launching himself. It's got to be the speed he's generating. Yeah, I'm going to guess he'll probably be able to hit maybe not the speed. I mean, even a bear runs pretty fast. Yeah, like, no, totally. You. So I'm going to say it's going to be somewhere going to have the top speed between deer and bear. I would say 15 miles an hour. Yeah. I'd say something like that. And I think also, uh, like, I found a picture of a guy. I was, like, looking at uh, deer injuries, trying to do some research. (laughs) I found a dude in France who was gored in the face by a deer. And you saw what it looked like? I saw what it looked like after it had been stitched back up. And he basically, he looked like fucking Two-Face. It, like, peeled half of his face off. Like the movie Face Off. What situation was he in that that happened? Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't uh, read the article. <laughs> All I knew was that he was attacked by a deer and he needed 50 stitches in his face. I don't read animal wound stories. <laughs> I got the <laughs> idea the, from the I read it the for the capture. articles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you read it for the pictures, whatever. No, it's true. I definitely... Went to that Google image search for the pictures. Yes, it's all right. So, uh, so that's the type of power that I think this guy is going to be bringing to the table. A lot of raw strength. A lot of raw strength. Yeah, even if it does have sort of naturally uh, cowardly instincts. I don't know if we call it cowardly or just self-preservation. Yeah, and and so I also want to take a little moment to talk about theories. Because uh, we haven't talked about much about whether or not this is a species or if this is an individual beast. But my theory is that it is an individual. 
and tell me why that is. Uh, well, I think it's going to have above animal intelligence based on the way that it has modified its behavior to humanity. Oh, all right. Well, but animals do um, adjust to human behavior around them. I think so, but I think this happened in a relatively short period of time in terms of we don't have stories of this dating back to Native Americans. Also, that's another thing that leads me to believe that it's not an animal, is that uh, Native Americans have no uh, cultural tradition of the Tote Road Shagamaw. Uh, it's all uh, been reported since white people arrived. Did you find anything similar under uh, a native name? I did not. Uh, and I didn't see any, any references to anyone else finding anything like that. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, so, which is, yeah, not to say that I, my, my research would be considered comprehensive, but to me, it was uh, the kind of thing that would be mentioned pretty clearly yeah. like you wouldn't want to leave that out in your wikipedia entry or whatever here's my thing if it's a natural you know a natural being right uh How... it, oh you maybe. don't believe that i mean it that's that's one theory that it is a well, natural in being. your theory of it being a one-off is it a natural being uh i would say that maybe it's a spiritual being maybe it was a artificially created being like, uh, perhaps created by some sort of wizard. Uh... <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. I should have realized that. That makes everything I'm saying. I I'm sorry. <laughs> have you considered the possibility that it's created by a wizard? Yeah, you're right. I did not take that into account. I'm going to say no bad ideas in brainstorming. <laughs> that goes um, on the board. I mean... But if it wasn't created by a wizard, I mean, you can't picture there being another one and having a mate? I mean, I can it's picture an animal. it, but I'm going to say... It has no supernatural powers, so how is it... It's not a spirit. If I it mean, has... it can walk on its front legs. So can a clown. And look, at, I mean, what do they have going for them other than, like, weird... I'm not going to say that was inappropriate. <laughs> that's all right they are a little weird i've never met a clown like in normal life i bet you have i'm pretty sure i would know do you want to tell the story of the lady who came into the post office oh well no 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 i want to make sure i'm staying off that lady oh yeah that's right we yeah no no but you have met clowns that's all I'm i saying. have i have certainly met some real clowns out there uh but not professionals uh they don't wear their makeup. You wouldn't know. But I've never been at a party when been like, oh, hey, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm actually a clown. Oh, because you know I'm sure I mean? people admit it. <laughs> I mean, they would if they want to promote their business. Well, it's Maybe usually I... a hobby, though. Uh, oh, you mean? No, I'm talking about like a professional. Yeah, but I've never met they... like a birthday clown or anything. But that's like a side job. Usually they're also something else. Like, and the, They'd be like, I do this. And, you know, if you got to know them more, they'd be like, oh, I also do birthday parties as a clown. You don't think that they're full-time professionals? I I think a circus clown in a big circus could be a, maybe a full-time professional. I don't know of any other full-time clown that could. I I just don't. What's the what's glass ceiling say the the pay pays for a clown? I'm just gonna find out how much it costs to hire a birthday clown. Because here's the thing: you got pretty much no overhead, no boss. Hire a. There's no big clown in charge. Clown. I mean, unless you're working for, like, a clown company. 
Well, don't they have? I would imagine they have those. I mean, that that's how. You I mean, clowns. I'm sure they do, but I'm sure a lot of them just you know hang up a shingle. I don't. Yeah, but would you hire a clown who is on his own? If they got you know uh, well reviewed by uh, Angie's list or whatever. All right, book the perfect clown. I'm looking for a clown in Wichita, Kansas. There are eleven clowns near me. <laughs> uh. Starting at a hundred, starting $200 an hour, $150 an hour, $600 per event. Right. So that's $600 a week. You think that's their job? $125 uh, uh, <laughs> to get a singing telegram. <laughs> Hell yeah. Let's do that. I am going to send you a singing telegram. Let's auction. I mean, not auction, but let's give one away to a listener. All right. Listeners. Message me on, uh, message us both on Twitter and Instagram, and we will put you in the running to receive a singing telegram from us. From a clown. And it will be a clown showing up at your work or home. Yeah, work. (laughs) And they will say, congratulations, you won the singing telegram contest. That will be the entirety of the singing telegram content. But he'll sing it. It will be sung. <laughs> How will it sound? Uh, it will be to the tune of The Final Countdown. I thought it was going to be a Europe. funny thing happened on the way to the forum. It could be. We'll have to see what their specialties are. Okay. But, you know what? This whole singing telegram sounds pretty crazy. It does sound crazy. But can the tote road Shagamaw love? werewolf ain't my dad but it's not so bad it might sound crazy but can it love can it give me a kiss can it hold my hand would it say i love you does it understand does it know that i've never felt this way before there's a full moon tonight so romantic and this might sound crazy but can it love can it love can it love uh shibble i'm gonna go with you and say that there's just one and it can love but it doesn't realize that it can love, so it's not a part of its life, love. Mm. So you're saying it's it's lonely in a way that it doesn't even know that it's lonely. Exactly. There's a piece missing, but it's not aware, you know? So it's like an incel. Ex- <laughs> no, incels are aware. No, they're they're hyper-aware. That's true. Yeah, that's the, the one thing they're aware of. He's, he's like an incel that's too far gone. Yeah. <laughs> But he's not, he's not like a loser, though. No, no. He's doing his own thing. He's not on the internet, like, like joining groups of other, you know. <laughs> no, it's true. He's not looking for a sense of community. <laughs> uh, because... I, I, I just think, I just think that if, if there was another one or another species or something, or some other cryptid, I think that it sounds like it, 
it cares about itself, you know, self-preservation. So it yeah. can care, and I think it could certainly care for the preservation of another that it that it uh, felt something special for. And we don't see that it's evil. We don't see that it's attacking. We don't see that it's violent or aggressive. And um, those in those things certainly have no place in love. So maybe it can love. Maybe maybe it can. It it certainly doesn't seem to be uh, hateful or spiteful, right. unless it is some form. Of trickster spirit made manifest. Mm. That would behave its duplicitous... Or that would explain its duplicitous... <laughs> that would explain its duplicitous behavior. I thought you were talking about the Duplass brothers and their 40 shows on TV right now. Yes, that would explain the Duplassy. Why do they have so many shows on at once? Just lucky, I guess. Okay. Maybe if they uh, cut it back to 20, um, they wouldn't have to air the bad ones, too. But can it fuck? Wait, tell me about your first date with the Tote Road Shagamo. Um, I would take it out of the forest. I think it's had okay. enough forest. I want to give it a new experience, so I'm bringing it directly to the city. I'm going to New York City. We're going to be in the middle of everyone. I'm going to show, I'm going to show the Shagamaw that I am proud to be with the Shagamaw. Okay. I wanted to meet people and interact and not have to feel that need to hide, not feel that it has to walk on its front legs and turn into, you know, leave deer tracks everywhere down into the subway. I want it to be itself and I want it to be comfortable and happy with me. I think what I'm going to do. <laughs> what What is this show? <laughs> I'm going to do lakeside yoga. Oh, I like that. Roach. Yeah. Just nice and quiet, out in nature, because I don't want them to get too overwhelmed, and I want them to be able to show off their amazing sense of balance. <gasps> That's right. They oh, they would be excellent at yoga, and and could help you with your yoga. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it'd be fun, and you know they could see me fall around a little bit, and I'd be like, oh, whoops, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just clumsy, I'm relatable. Let me help you, Shibble. You know, and, and then it would be like you helping each other. It's romantic. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be a great way to bond. But can it fuck? That sounds crazy, but can it fuck? I say no. Okay. I think it's asexual. Yeah, I'm, I'm picturing it almost very much like a forest spirit. It, and it's That's like, what I was getting. Tree spirit, um, like... Very non-sexual, very uh, in tune with nature and 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 the earth, and mm -hmm. you know, if it does reproduce, it's not sexually. Yeah, and and it's sort of almost doing these uh, bits of trickery to frustrate hunters in the area, so they'll waste time and they won't be out, you know, harming the actual other creatures of the woods. Uh, That's but it a good also. Point doesn't want to harm people and that's why it doesn't behave in a uh, aggressive nature that's why it, it, it could certainly things. kill these hunters oh i'm sure with its size it has got to be a beast and that's why it's fight night ding ding Fight. Who you got for me? Who's okay. coming for the big man? Because this is a big boy. This is. This is the big guy. This tote, totes road shagamaw. 
So for uh, round one of Fight Night, the Tote Road Shagamaw versus Prime Shaquille O'Neal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here at Fight Night. Um, okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to say three. Three? Why would it take three of me? I think it, one of you is going to have to act as bait, and then the other two are going to Wait, which, which one of me is going to be the bait? Explain, to, explain to, to one of us why we have to be the bait. The only fair way is to draw straws. All right. Which straw means you're the bait? Uh, the purple one. And the two yellow ones mean you're not the bait, and it's an L.A. Lakers straw, so... So, uh, yeah, I think one would have to act as bait, and I think the other two would have to jump on the bear. While it eats, while it eats me. <laughs> yeah, I think we might, I think that one shack might get some antlers, uh, <laughs> but he might, he might pull through, but he's going to know he was in a fight. Uh, but I, I think I two think, of them would be able kills, to. I don't think it could kill a shack. This thing can deadlift 700 pounds. A which which is, is what, a quarter 12, of a shack. They're what, 12 feet tall? What, bears? Yeah. A bear standing um, up on its hind feet, legs. What, 10 feet? 10 to 12? Let's let us let us give a quick Google search on that one. Yeah, let, let's just find out what we're dealing with here. Because we know Shaq and his prime is 7-1-3-25. And we know that he had the power to uh, break backboards, break whole basketball stanchions down. So he had some incredible power. But okay. on the other side, what are we dealing with? Nine feet tall. Uh, let's see. 120 pounds. Bears are much smaller than you thought. Let's see. Well, they really take a while to get to the weight, huh? Uh, yeah, I should have just gone vital statistics instead of height. Because... <laughs> you, you, you looked up bear's height, and now you're scanning for its weight. <laughs> How much? How much does, does bear, weigh? bear weigh? Does uh, 600 pounds. That's, that's not even twice a shack. Um, but it also has, uh, claws and teeth that are stronger than a lion's and also, uh, antlers. Okay. Shaq's... And it's powerful kicks, which we have established could knock down a barn door. All right. And Shaq's kicks can't? Uh, I'm going to say Shaq is going to take more kicks than the thousand pound bear. Okay, deer. I just I disagree, but I'll go with you. Yeah, I, I I mean, yeah, we so you're thinking one shack could take him. Is your shack armed? I say two shacks. Okay. But I, I don't okay. want to use one as bait. I say they attack him at the same time from opposite directions and just pure brute force beat him to death. <laughs> Alright. Pummeled to death by three shack two shacks. The Two tote, to three shacks. The Tote Road Shagamaw verse a boatload of Madden-laws. That doesn't work, does it? My girlfriend's parents and your wife's parents. Okay. Um, well, boy. Uh, and they have to be mad. They're mad. Okay. Boy, Chris can get pretty mad when he gets mad. And he does. Uh, they do own several guns. Oh, they can be armed. Uh, if they're armed... Yeah, I mean, Greta owns a shotgun. 
And Chris has a World War II rifle that his father brought back from Japan. <laughs> so I, I'm going to say, but and I don't know whether or not Nicole's parents are packing. I'm guessing no. No, they are not. But um, but her her mother is very stern, and her okay, father, it, like she has she's one of those ladies who's really cool and nice, but like you don't want to mess with her. Okay, I know the type. Yeah. Uh, her father's yeah. a different story. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> no problem. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say our uh, boatload of mad in laws get this one. Okay, excellent. We have the Tote Road Shagamaw versus the Wide Load Shaggy Paw, which is a transformer that turns into a Saint Bernard. Oh, transformers are pretty tough. They've got metal bones. So I'm gonna put this one on. Uh, I'm gonna put this one on him. Okay, we have the Tote Road Shagamaw versus the Main Street Shagamaw, the more cultured cousin. Ah, okay. I should have said the Fifth Avenue Shagamaw. I don't know what writing that was. That's fine. I'm going to think of this one as just an average American. Old Joe Plummer Shagamaw. Okay, Main Street Shagamaw. <laughs> Joe Plummer Shagamaw. All right. Okay, that's that's actually going to factor into it. Uh, but I'm still going to say that out on Main Street, he's going to lost his connection with nature. Yeah, oh, and yeah. And if we're following our spirit of it being a nature spirit, I'm going to say that's going to weaken him. The Tote Road Shagamaw takes it. Okay, we have the Tote Road Shagamaw versus a very angry and confused man at a school board meeting, irate about grooming and Shagamaws with no idea what either is. Boy, uh, yeah. I'm going to say this irate man is not even going to notice that the Shagamaw is going to grab him in a fierce bear hug before goring him through the back, <laughs> lifting him up above his head with his powerful neck as he's draped from the horns <laughs> like, uh, oh, I don't know. With his party legs streamers. and arms slayed out. Yeah, it's basically like something that you would see on the TV show Hannibal. <laughs> I like Hannibal. Okay, I, I, so we're going to go with the, the Shagamaw again. He's doing very well. He's a, he's a big dude. We have the Tote Road Shagamaw versus Draco Malfoy, year two. Okay, he's back. And this time... I don't think he's ever been on Fight Night. <laughs> no, but he's, it's year two. Oh, yes, he's back back at Hogwarts, yes. <laughs> yeah, time, time for another year with... Draco Malfoy, the mean wizard boy that <laughs> hates right. Harry Potter. He does. Because, because he's poor. <laughs> he's not poor, Harry Potter. Harry Potter's rich as hell, but he doesn't show off like Draco Malfoy. That's right. And so Draco <laughs> hates him for his lack of ostentatious and conspicuous consumerism. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly the problem between them. You've nailed it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to put this one, Draco Malfoy was a good wizard, but he was not a great wizard. Right. And so I think old Tote Road Shagamaw is going to uh, get him before he can fumble out an incorrectly worded spell. He's unbeaten except for against uh, Anna's parents. Yeah, and three to two shacks. Oh yeah, and shacks, yeah. Uh, Tote Road Shagamaw versus a group of super mean popular high school girls with a big social media following that the Shagamaw has to coexist with at school alongside after the fight. Boy, I'm going to say this is going to be a situation where 
the Shagamaw's prey instincts are going to kick into effect. Mm. These mean girls are going to intimidate him. And <laughs> I think that is going to be his downfall. I'm putting this on the mean high school girls. Okay, interesting take. We have the Tote Road Shagamaw versus two babies with dog faces guarding a warehouse. Okay, you might remember them... No, wait, no, that's the opposite. Yes. It was dogs with baby faces in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. These are babies with dog faces? Yes. Little tiny kenocephaluses. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think even with their dog maws, they'll probably be little puppy mouths, and that's not going to be enough to stop the Shagamaw. He's getting in that warehouse. Tote Road Shagamaw versus Brett Clapton. No relation to Eric, but he plays guitar too. Not well, but he enjoys the challenge. Mm. Boy, Brett sounds like he's in it for the right reasons and he's got a lot of heart. I'm putting it on Brett. All right, and that was Fight Night. Hey, well oh my done. goodness. Well Thank done, you. Chevy. That was really good. Well, do you have any more Stephen King facts for me? I, In fact, I have three more. Can you give me an intro? The Macroverse presents Stephen King Facts. I could watch you, your face, doing that voice all day. It, it tickles me. Stephen King published Rage in 1977. Mm. The book, you know that book? Is it the sequel to Carrie? Oh, I think The Rage is the sequel to Carrie. Okay, yeah, I was thinking of the film. Yeah, Carrie the Rage, yeah, a good point. Uh, Rage is about a student who holds his uh, school hostage at gunpoint. Mm. After the book was linked to real-life early school shootings, Stephen King had it removed from print. Wow. While he is a gun owner, he advocates strongly for gun control and published a 25-page essay on the subject entitled Guns. In the essay, he writes, It took more than one slim little novel to cause these shooters to do what they did. My book did not break them or turn them into killers. They found something in my book that spoke to them because they were already broken. Yet, I did see Rage as a possible accelerant, which is why I pulled it from sale. You don't leave a can of gasoline where a boy with firebug tendencies can lay hands on it. Well, hey, that's his call, and if it helps him sleep better at night, I'm not going to, you know, second guess him. I like that move. Yeah. All right, number nine. Stephen King wrote the 304-page book, The Running Man. In mm. I, I forget he wrote that. Yeah, yeah. People tend not to think about his sci-fi stuff too much. Yeah, or um, the one with Michael Clark Duncan, they forget, too. Yeah, The Green Mile. Right. He wrote The Running Man in 10 days. Man, what a beast. He used to write two to 3,000 words in two hours. God damn. And number 10, that is, a, man, that is prolific that writing. fucking beast mode. What do you write? How long it, would it take you to write 3,000 usable? That's 10 pages of a, use, 10 usable pages of a book. Oh, I would say I could get that done maybe in a month. Okay, so not two hours. No. Okay. Realistically, like if I if I really if I put my nose to the grindstone, I could do that in maybe three days. But but that's also yeah. if I that's like if I took time off of work. No, no, that's what I'm saying. If that's yeah. all you were doing. Yeah, yeah, I can maybe do that in 
two, three days. I think you could do it the same as him. I'm not impressed by that. Number 10. In addition to being a major music fan, King himself is a musician. He mm. played guitar in the band The Rock Bottom Remainders from 1992 to 2012. Interestingly, the band was composed of other famous writers like Amy Tan, mm-hmm. Dave Barry, yeah. comedian extraordinaire, Mitch Album, Barbara mm-hmm. Kingsolver, Matt Gran- is it Groaning or Graining? Graining. Matt Graining and Ridley Pearson. Wow. I bet that band was probably not that good. I bet they sucked, but they are certainly rich. I bet, and I hope they had a fun time. That's what really counts. They definitely had fun. Imagine that room. That must have been so much fun. Yeah. So, here's the question about this. Are you are you frightened about this tote road jaguar? I knew you were going to ask me because you see my face. You see how I'm are shaking? You, yes, and you've gone just ghostly white. I Well, I mean, you know. But that's also because you spend a lot of time indoors. Right. And I've gone reddish because you can see the blood flowing through the skin because I am so ghostly white. I have yes. a reddish hue. Yes. Um, I am afraid, Shivel. That's the reason I've gone ghostly white. Uh, the Shagamaw is scary to me. It's a big deer, bear, and it could kill me, and it could kill Hendrix, and um, yeah, Nicole, too. And um, it will. And it will. What? Um, so I need to know before it does, Shibble, is this real? Is real? Shake it, Pavakasha. Hey! Probably not. Probably not a real one. <laughs> I was um, frightened, Shibble, for a You got me. Yeah, those, uh, those references that I called out really are the only three places where it appears in print, according to my friend Hal, who researched it for his book. Uh, can we get and his him on book, the show? I mean, if he really wrote yeah. a book about it, it's ridiculous that we don't have your friend on the show. Yeah, no, I'll talk to him. We'll be playing D&D next week. I'll talk to him about it. Can I be a mage? Uh, oh, if you want to get into the game? Uh, no, yeah. I don't want to play it. I just want to have a title. Yeah, sh- sure. You are a mage. Can I be a knight? You are a knight. Thank you. Sure. Uh, so they... Uh, <laughs> yeah, and his book... I, which was funny in my research, I saw people, it was written in the first person and I saw people like quoting it and being like, these are legitimate claims when basically his book was sort of like a cryptid version of scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, cool. Uh, that was mostly based on rewriting this previous book that had the same title. The other one that I mentioned, fearsome creature, of the lumber. Well, that's a famous one though. Yeah. His was, yeah. Uh, uh, one that people still quote as being like, a source on cryptids, but it's all just like tall tales that this guy made up. Oh, so your buddy made up tall tales about the cryptids based on the fearsome creatures book. Uh, yeah, but the original fearsome creatures book was all tall tales. That was just like written as no, no, no. I think you you have it wrong. That was true. The cryptid book. Okay. I mean, doesn't our show depend on that being true? Uh, we've done one other fearsome creatures, uh, episode. And, like, all the ones that are in there don't really appear anywhere else. There's, like, the oh, hoop squonk. snake. Squonk, right? Uh, squonk might have been in there. Like, they're, by and large, ones that don't have, like, a big following that he seems to have originated. Oh, so your friend picked a fake book and wrote more stories about yeah, it. And yeah, yeah, he just rewrote it. Okay. <laughs> I want to rewrite yeah. a book. No, it's a good book. I definitely recommend Like, he, he wrote it for being, like, uh, a funny 
dark humor book for no, but that's for a, kids. That's a great idea. I forget kids. He should rewrite like Fifty Shades of Grey and just tap into that audience. Just rewrite it and make it funny. Make it a you know. I'll suggest that for his next one. Seriously, he's, well, he's bring shopping him on the around. Show. I have plenty of ideas for him. We'll do. Yeah, we'll get him on. Uh, so yeah, whenever you hear the fearsome creature or the northern lumberwoods ma- mentioned in the episode, that's going to be a hint that it is not real. Uh, that's really disappointing. So, but hey, I've got some good news. It's the red light from Uncle Monster. Already? My God! We at 106. Look what we've done. This is amazing. You guys are really zooming along. How are you, Uncle Monster? It's good to see you. It's good to see you. It's been a hot minute. It has. We had my grandma had her 98th birthday. Oh, congratulations, Poppy! Oh, she loves you, Uncle Monster. Oh, thanks. Now, Uncle Monster, what should I be doing in between episodes? Because I, I miss you when you're not around. So, how can I keep myself entertained? You should watch a movie. I'm the, I got a movie you should watch. Let's hear. It's called The Beast Must Die. And it's a, <laughs> a murder mystery. But the thing is, it's not a mystery to figure out who the killer is. They're all killers. You need to figure out which one is a werewolf. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. That's an excellent suggestion. I'm sure our listeners will enjoy it a lot. Oh, and it looks like, uh, is that Uncle Monster 2 you've got oh, with you? Oh, hi, Shibble. Hey, Uncle Monster 2, how are you? I'm doing wonderfully. It's really a pleasure to see you. Likewise. Do you have any movie recommendations or recommendations? <laughs> I do. If you're not into Maine, Stephen King, or Tote Road Chagamoss, but you are into Ernest Hemingway, like six hours worth, watch Ken Burns' Hemingway. <laughs> also, God, Uncle Monster 2 is a really big Ken Burns fan. He loves it. Also, I love... Also, if you like adult pornographic films, don't watch The Hitcher, because it's not got a lot of sex in it. And that's another great episode... Of Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour. You guys, I'd like to thank you so much for coming out, tuning in, and having fun with us another time. I love it when you do that. You gotta you gotta keep the fun going when we're not with you and check us out on social media. Shibble, how will they do that? Uh, you can find us as Uncle Monster6 on Instagram. You can find us at Uncle Monster Pod at Twitter. And, uh, what about the big one? Then, of course, you can find us on Patreon as Uncle Monster 6, where you can get for just $5 a month tons of great bonus episodes, uh, and early access to our main feed episodes like this one. Uh, we're going to be starting up a, uh, in depth look at the Leprechaun franchise. Excellent. Every Leprechaun film ever made, we will watch and discuss. So if you want to hear that, uh, head on over to the Patreon. Join the 2,000 other Patreon subs- uh, two. Sorry. Is it two? No, I, uh, no, we're up to four. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're doing great. Hey, maybe you guys can help us break the big Cinco, <laughs> I call it. 
<laughs> get up to five double digits but now we're working on the big cinco i'm gonna Mel make a post on instagram help us break the big cinco please do we love and until next time we love you guys and don't, don't get, get spooked, spooked.